I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. You know I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the social index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I'm talking to Molly Cantilano, Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Five Guys. Molly's got 15 years of experience in the restaurant industry, the majority of which has been with Five Guys. After convincing the owners of Five Guys to hire her in the hope of securing a a fun temporary job, she has spent the last almost 13 years leading the marketing communications efforts for the company. During Molly's time with Five Guys, the company's grown from 30 restaurants on the East Coast of the United States to more than 1,500 locations in 10 countries. The theme of today's show is a maniacal focus on customer experience. Everything from the perfect product in the perfect environment with the staff that's incentivized and oriented to deliver great customer experience. I think Five Guys is a master at this and somebody we can learn from is Molly and how it all works. I hope you enjoy the show. Well, Molly, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about Five Guys. It's one of my favorite restaurants. So <laughs> That's a good way to start. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I don't think we can start really a discussion about Five Guys without knowing the Five Guys story. Would you mind kind of telling us where it started? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So Five Guys started in Arlington, Virginia, kind of the Northern Virginia area in 1986. So we have been around for about 30 plus years. And 
at that time, there was the Morrell family and they had four sons at the time. And that will make sense later. But the three oldest five guys were nearing the end of high school. And as Jerry Morrell, the father of the five guys, tells the story, he had some money saved for college. But in talking with the boys, he kind of offered a, a choice. They could go to college or they could start a business and everyone decided to start a business instead. So Jerry and Janie Morrell, along with the three boys, started Five Guys, uh, you know, a small carryout only hamburger stand in a kind of off the wall strip mall in Arlington, Virginia. And the name actually came from the four Morrell boys at the time. So Ben was a baby. And so it was Jim, Matt, Chad, Ben, and then Jerry was the fifth. But Janie always says she secretly wanted another child. And as luck would have it, it was a boy. <laughs> so the five guys are now the five Morrell brothers. So they added Tyler to the mix. Ah, okay. Yeah. So that's how they, how they started. And the decor was simple. They didn't advertise. They just kind of opened the doors and focused on the food. And it grew from there. Right. And so people really started coming right away. Do you know how long they operated like in a single location before they opened a, another location? It was a couple years that they operated right in that Columbia Pike location. I don't know the exact time frame, but I do know that the family, the Merrill family, they opened five locations in the Arlington, Alexandria area before they started franchising. Okay, great, great, great. Well, so how long have you been with Five Guys? So I have been with Five Guys for almost 13 years. I was fortunate to meet the Morels during my first job post-college. Okay. Okay. And how did that come about? How did you connect with them? So I was working, the job that I was working at was they consulted with five guys. So I was doing PR for emerging restaurant franchises. So basically trying to help attract pr prospective franchisees to a group of restaurant franchises. And five guys was one of them. They were by far our most successful client. <laughs> so it wasn't really hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't have to sell much and neither did the person selling. People were flocked to them and continue to for franchise interest. But I was ready to take the next step in my career. And to be honest, I did not think moving to a burger chain was good for my career. <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember my husband saying, why don't you give five guys a call? And and I was like, you know what? Well, who's going to hire me if they just see I work for a burger chain? Now, I wanted to be like a cool professional and a sleek environment. <laughs> you know, at, at the time, I was actually going back to school. And so I was like, you know what? Worst case, I'll just tell people this is the job I did while I you know, was getting my graduate degree. But I, I quickly realized that it wasn't just a line on my resume. And I have uh, stuck around for quite a while. Right. Well, I would say it's not just a small burger chain anymore. You guys have, <laughs> no. you guys have what, over 1,500 locations? Is that right? Yeah, we have over, over 1,500 locations in 10 countries. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we talked about this a little bit before. When you think of Five Guys, you don't, and if you know them, you don't think of a big marketing company. You know, so what does marketing look like at Five Guys? No, I, I don't think so. And I actually, when thinking about that question, if Jerry Morrell were doing the interview, he would probably <laughs> say, we are a huge marketing company. We just aren't big on advertising because he thinks, and, and the way Five Guys grew is everything we do in the store is marketing. And so it, it's with within operations, we do our marketing. So if, if you notice, you know, we have an open kitchen, yeah. which 
you know, a lot of restaurants have now, but at the time, the five guys, they didn't, right? Everyone cooked the food behind a wall. And so the fact that customers can see their food being made, they see how many times our employees change their gloves, that although it helps with food safety as well, it's also a marketing, you know, piece that they can see their food and feel comfort in that. That's how Jerry would answer. But I would say, to tell you the truth, we have not done what you would consider traditional marketing. And we've really focused on the in-store experience, word of mouth, being reactive to the press, and then just more recently, some digital and social media. Gotcha. Gotcha. So before we get too far in, can you describe the experience of what it's like, you know, walking into a Five Guys? What's the experience like? What do I see? Yes, I'd be happy to. And actually in the 90s, we had a restaurant reviewer review Five Guys, and I believe she called us clinically sterile with amazing food. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we loved it. I think we're a bit warmer in decor now, but what I think hopefully people feel when they walk through Five Guys is they hear the rock music playing a little too loud. They smell the fries being cooked because we use peanut oil. They see free peanuts in boxes that they're welcome to munch on. And the decor is still really simple. You know, we have just some signs in the wall that have quotes from restaurant reviewers and articles on the walls. We have piles, uh, bags of our potatoes, and then the boxes of peanut oil that aren't just for decor, you know, that's what we use (laughs) to cook in our restaurant and hopefully a bustling staff and like a good energy when you walk in. Yeah. The line cooks and the, I don't know what the official position is, but the person that's like, they look like a kitchen general, you know, they're like calling out patties, making sure everything is getting prepared and shuffled through the system. Yeah, They are the most like boisterous people I've ever met in my life. (laughs) That's great. That is the toughest job. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like watching a conductor, you know, at a symphony and everyone's doing their part and they're just kind of trying to keep everything moving at this, at the right rate and pace. It's, It's a pretty interesting to watch. But it is, I would echo, it is a little clinically sterile, but that's what you want if you're going to eat the food, right? At least me, you know, that it's clean, the food's going to be great. So it's a good experience. Exactly. I joke, but that's the morals were like, oh, that's perfect. You know, we want people to feel clean and then know that, that, you know, they see the potatoes and know that we're really using fresh potatoes. You know, we want it to be pretty obvious what's important to us too. Right. One of the things we talked about before was you mentioned that until I think it was around 2013, 2014, that really all your marketing budget was going to your mystery shopping program. So can you tell us a little bit about that program? Yeah, I'd love to. And it it continues to be the majority of our funds. And you're right, it was all of it at one point. But I think it makes sense. It's what we do is we put money in the hands of the people who are affecting the customer's experience the most. So the crew, the people in the restaurants. So we have a mystery shopping program, just like many restaurants and retail companies. So a third-party company sends secret shoppers to come in and we have them come to our store really frequently. So it's about two times a week. And they fill out an evaluation that isn't looking for our, our crew to go above and beyond, but it's, you know, rating us on our quality, our service and our cleanliness, just making sure that our stores are meeting, you know, the five guys expectation. And what we think sets us apart from what other people do is we put a lot of dollars behind how well our stores are performing and we pay them often. So it's weekly, we have weekly, monthly and quarterly awards. So a store, and actually it's a shift that's working, you know, so maybe four or five people would split between 250 and $700 a week if they win. 
That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, there's no better direct correlation between what my job is and getting rewarded for it, I don't think. No, I don't think so. And Jerry, the creation of this program was Jerry Merrell's baby at the time. And he was has continues to be focused on making sure the people who are getting the money are the people who are working. And he does that because he wants everyone to feel ownership, you know, that their actions will benefit them, which in turn benefits the store. And so we think the program, it actually helps our employees go above and beyond because they're thinking, this is my store. <laughs> I'm going right. to make more money if I give everyone the best experience and, and it just keeps them motivated. I mean, that's a, if you just do the math, right? 1,500-ish locations and 200 to $700, that's a lot of money that you're putting into <laughs> this program. I mean, I'm assuming that it works, right? I mean, you guys have been successful. You've grown like gangbusters, so. It definitely, we think so. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been about 20, at least $20 million over the last few years, every year. Wow. That we're paying out. And everyone's bought into this program. You know, we have franchisees, we have new franchisees in different countries. And as whenever someone new comes to the company, they're impressed by it and see the value and buy in. And so everyone's really behind this program. That's great. That's great. So where does this like maniacal focus on the product, the experience come from? And one second question, I guess I'll go ahead and ask is, you know, are there any tips that you think other marketers can learn from in terms of how you drive customer experience? Sure. So I think this focus on product and experience, it comes, it started at the beginning and it comes from the Morels. They've done an amazing job of keeping our entire company focused on it. It really, if you talk to any Five Guys employee, it could be someone sitting in Virginia in our corporate office or a new employee in Belgium. And it that focus oozes out of them. The quality and experience and food safety are just like non-negotiable. You know, like that is just what's most important. And I think from a marketing perspective, if someone's trying to drive a customer experience, I'd have to say good luck because I think I have the easiest and hardest job. <laughs> you know, As a marketer, I didn't have to convince management to care about what the customers thinks is important. That's just part of who Five Guys is. The hard part of my job is that I don't want to ruin that. You know, I, I never want to do anything marketing-wise that takes away from the purity of the brand, which is that focus on customer experience. But I guess if I had to give advice to someone who wasn't lucky enough to work in a company like Five Guys, I think it would be to show the data <laughs> that shows that the customer experience is what drives your sales. And we do that. We still use that to show our franchisees if they think their sales could be higher and they want to do some crazy marketing tactic, we can show them that if they improve their operations, their sales will go up. And that's really powerful. Right. And is that through like the secret shopper program like tracking or can you give me a little insight into the types of data you might use? Yep, that's exactly right. So with our secret shopper data, and we also have, we do customer satisfaction surveys and from people who call in to compliment or complain, we pull all that data together. We work with our secret shopper company, who is also an analytics firm. And, you know, they've kind of run regression models and done statistics and, and they can tell us, they tell us each year kind of the four most important operational things that actually drive our sales. So we can tell a franchisee, hey, your actually store is not performing well on those key financial drivers. And if you can adjust them a little bit, you're going to do better in sales. And it's really powerful. That's awesome. So you, we did talk about that it used to be all your spend. <laughs> now you've got a little bit of money to do other things with. When did marketing spend increase above that mystery shopper program and, and what triggered the need for it? 
Sure. So I think the trigger for the need for it was the change in our growth rate. You know, once the Morels started franchising, it was just constant, really crazy growth. And in the years of between about 2008 and 2010, we were doubling ourselves, you know, opening 200 plus stores. And so, you know, our sales were growing just because we were in a new market and new stores, and it just was like a natural growth. And then in 2013, 2014, our growth, although we we were, and we continue to open stores in the U.S. and abroad, you know, we're not opening 200 plus stores in the U.S. every year. We're opening more like a hundred. And so we were maturing as a brand. And so our, our store openings were no longer the the news. And so, you know, the franchisees and we said, hey, we just want to stay relevant. So we, did, we, with the support of franchisees, started spending a little bit more money on external marketing. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay. So in a place where the owners didn't like marketing, or maybe I should put it in advertising since they think everything is marketing, what did you decide to do first and how did you do that? That was a good question. And once we had the (laughs) approval to have a higher spend, we all kind of looked at each other and like, well, what, what should we do? And we didn't want to mess anything up. (laughs) We let the the food do the talking and we haven't talked about ourselves. We don't want to just start talking about ourselves and do it incorrectly. And so the first step was internal branding. You know, so you could talk to any employee at Five Guys at the time and they could tell you who Five Guys is. Our customers could tell you who Five Guys is and was, but we didn't have it in writing. We didn't have a style guide. So we, we didn't have anything to take to, you know, a marketing agency and say, this is who we are. Can you help us just move the needle? So that was the first step. And then gotcha. I think we in that discovery too, and actually the evolution of marketing platforms, we just found that social media and digital media are a good fit for our brand. And they've evolved as well, right? So I think a lot of, of other companies are moving their marketing dollars to digital and social away from traditional media. For us, I think it was good timing and a good fit. Right. I don't think we really talked about this the last time we chatted. What types of things are you doing in social media and digital media? Just give me a little sample. Sure. So we have been doing for a while, you know, organic social media, and we continue to do that. Goodness, we, that that is actually doing really well. We just posted a user-generated photo of a, a bunless burger. So we have kind of like a burger wrap <laughs> or a bowl. And it was crazy. People are <laughs> crazy about it. So that helps. That was organic, totally unpaid. But for the paid items, we are doing, you know, paid social media. So on Facebook, we have some Facebook ads that are the directional kind of mapping ads, Instagram and Snapchat. And then we are doing, we have a couple YouTube bumpers and we're doing some programmatic stuff as well. 
Okay. And Snapchat, what are you doing on Snapchat? Cause that's one platform I'm still trying to figure out personally. You know, personally, I am too. I, I'm on it because I want to know about it and it's fun. Right. But, you know, I suggest if anyone isn't, follow some people who really get it and it, it helps you. We've, we have a couple people in our office, actually our graphic designer. She's just really great in Snapchat. So if you follow her, you, you learn it. <laughs> but for us, we actually, it's almost as simple as we're showing sizzling bacon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, how can you go wrong with sizzling bacon? Exactly. I'm hungry already. <laughs> So that's, it's 1030 it's in the morning and I want a bacon sandwich. Yeah. Exactly. So that's basically our Snapchat ad. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, you can't get wrong with that. That's for sure. That's, that's funny. So just get, you know, start marketing. You're a franchise business. Did you have to get the franchisees to provide feedback or get them on board? What was that process like? Sure. So franchisees have been and continue to be a driving force in doing new you know, digital and social. So, you know, they want to push the limits, but I do admire our, our franchisees that they know Five Guys is special and and they're okay for the most part that we, you know, fit any of our new efforts, you know, under the umbrella of our brand. And so we do involve them. Um, they're very much a part of deciding, you know, what we're going to do next in terms of marketing. We have a task force. So it's about eight franchisees who represent, you know, the larger franchisee community and they help oversee that new kind of small budget. And so together we decide what we're going to do. That's good. That's good. It's smart. I mean, I've been in, my wife and I have owned a franchise business before we're out of it now, but I think it's just, there's always natural tensions, right? Like between franchisor, franchisee and the those task force and things like that, I think they can work very well. But also, I mean, you guys clearly know what your business is about and that also helps. I think the more complicated the business, probably the more pushback you get. I, I would definitely agree. And, and the task forces, they are, you know, there's sometimes a lot of work because you just are listening to more voices. <laughs> right. It's a lot of voices. Yeah. A lot of people like me, you know, like I know what's going to work in my area. That's exactly. But you know what? In the end, it's totally worth it because usually those voices bring something to the table. And and our franchisees, you know, most of them have been in, especially in North America, they've been in the Five Guys system for many years. And they're just as dedicated to the in-store experience and to the food quality as the Morels. You know, it's their livelihood too. So they, And they get it. But, you know, they've done a lot of really great things. And so it's it's just kind of corralling everybody and making sure we stay true to who we are. But they do a good job of also pushing us. That's great. That's great. Well, I mean, you've seen some tremendous growth over the 12 years at Five Guys. I mean, it's hard to even fathom, you know, to go from whatever it was when you started to over 1500 stores in 10 countries. What advice would you give other heads of marketing, whether it's what to focus on, how to you've outlived the head of marketing tenure by like threefold now, not to call that out. So (laughs) Jerry's listening, Jerry, I think you got a good one. Don't don't make any changes. But, you know, what advice would you have? Maybe it's how you started in the digital for the first time. Sometimes that can be scary, too. I don't want to tell you what to talk about, but. (laughs) I think you're on the right path. I mean, that's what I would say. It's, I think, learning as much as you can. You know, so, yes, I've been with the same company for, you know, almost 13 years. And so, obviously, I and I know a lot more than I did there. And all I've learned is within the company. So it's not like I had all of this experience at a different company and brought it in. So I think I've had to learn a lot on my own. And then also from others, right? We've partnered with really great, you know, either agencies or just freelancers or individuals who know more than I do. And I've just 
soak them in and, you know, try to find people that we trust who can, again, do those things that I don't know how to do. But I think also staying confident and the morales are so great at this is, and they've allowed all of, I think the employees at Five Guys to stay true to what we do know right? So I did not know digital media. And I would probably say I still don't know a lot. I can understand some things, but I do know, I know Five Guys and I know what fits under the Five Guys brand. And I feel like I know our customers. So I think being confident in what you do know, and then partnering with really great people and the things you don't know, and being honest about what you don't know. I found working with agencies, they really appreciate when I tell them like, look, I don't know. I'm not an expert in programmatic advertising. Can you explain it to me? Help me understand it. I'll trust that you guys know more about buying media if you trust that I know more about Five Guys. Right, right. That's really good advice. Any tips on how to find great people to work with outside the company? I'm just curious if you, if anything comes to mind. Yeah, you know, it's been interesting because it, we hadn't worked it with anyone outside, you know, for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And so I think we were nervous, but it does take time. And in the end, you have to find the right people, it, sometimes within a company. So, you know, we've worked with a large agency and we're now working with a little bit of a smaller agency. But in the end, we found great people within both of the agencies that understand us. I think it's just that workflow, you know, like however we know and my team knows that we, we work well with people who are super organized, that keep us organized. <laughs> <You> know, that <laughs> right. If they keep up us on task, we're willing, you know, we step up and we can work really hard. We love organized people. And so that's what we found works for us. I think it's knowing your strengths and weaknesses and then finding people who are the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I love getting to know the the person that I'm talking to, and I think listeners do as well. And I love this question that I'm going to ask you, which is, you know, is there an experience of your past that defines or makes up who you are today? It is a good question. And in thinking about it, I laugh because I'm not, I'm horrible <laughs> talking about myself. If my husband would tell you, if you asked me my favorite color, I'd probably stumble. <laughs> <laughs> But I I thought about this one a little bit. And I think there's my dad was a small business owner. And so growing up, I watched him run. He he sold motorhomes and travel trailers. He sold like home heating oil and Christmas trees a couple of years too. And so I think growing up as a kid, watching my dad run his own business and seeing like his passion and dedication and even his like prioritization in life, you know, there's times he ended up closing and losing his business, but he always put our family first, Mm. you know, so he worked really hard and put a lot of time in his business, but my dad still took me to the bus stop every morning. So I think that was, has definitely played into, especially my career. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great experience. A great story. What fuels you? What drives you personally? I mean, maybe this comes from my parents too, but it's my family and I have three little girls. And so you know, I'm always thinking of being a role model for them. And I think, you know, I want to you know, do right by them, make my parents proud still, you know, I've definitely grown up, but I want my husband and my parents to be proud of what I do. And so that I always think of them. That's great. What ages are they? I've got a 10 year old girl. Oh, yeah. So you're a little bit older. So I have three girls, which is an eight, six and three and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Those are fun ages. <laughs> they are. They are. We have a very girly household. <laughs> yeah. We're starting to enter the preteen phase uh, with attitude. So, so if my daughter is listening, I know, and I tell everyone. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's a fun time. It's a fun time. I'll tell her you're still cool. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, 
I have to tell her that people think I'm cool because I, she doesn't believe me. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, but back to back to you. Back to the, the reason we're on this show is if we step back a little bit, you know, are there brands or companies or causes that you take notice of or you think others should be watching? Sure. So I have a little bit of a guilty pleasure. My my Instagram feed is filled with design blogs uh-huh. and design bloggers. I love those. And actually, you know, some of them, I think it goes back to my kind of love of small businesses. Mm-hmm. They probably attracted me to five guys and, you know, my dad. But if anyone follows younghouselove.com, they're great. They're actually semi-local. They're in Richmond, Virginia, a great design blog. And I guess I really love to follow other independent businesses. There's a, a shoe, a, a kid's shoe company called Freshly Picked. They do really great things. It's just cool to see the following they've built. And then I, I would also do a kind of local plug. I love our local brewery. Yeah, Virginia's has, a, and I think across the U.S. is a great local beer brewery scene and Battle of Brewery here in, in my town in Virginia. They do great things, right? I, I like the, that small companies are helping their communities and trying something new. No. I like to watch those guys. That's great. That's great. I think in your line of business, those are great things to be watching. You know, like what's working, what's not working. Even though Five Guys is a franchise, I don't know. When I go to the franchise, the the one, the location I go to all the time, I kind of start to know the people. Like it feels like it's my store. So I don't know if that's what you're going for, but like I see the same people pretty regularly, <laughs> probably, <Yeah. laughs> probably more than I should admit. But it just feels a little more familial. Yeah, that's definitely what we're going for. I mean, that's what we've, which we're trying not to lose, right? And I love, I love hearing people. It's sometimes uh, franchisees get upset when we, when someone walks in and say, "Oh my gosh, I didn't realize Five Guys was so big and national." And I think that's great. I want someone to feel like this Five Guys is their Five Guys. And I think that also from like a marketing perspective, I like following the small businesses on social because that's who you like, right? That's who you want to like see pictures of on social media. You don't necessarily want your social media feed full of like big corporations, but you like the brands that do cool stuff. And so I think we want to follow what they're doing in the social space. Right. No, that's good. It's good. And you've even learned my daughter's order now. It took a while and I get strange looks when I go to new restaurants, but she likes bacon on bread, which means I order a BLT, no lettuce, no tomato, no mayo. And they look, <laughs> mean the bacon and the bun. And I was like, yes, that's exactly. It'd be faster to order it that way, but I order it based on the menu. That's awesome. <laughs> so, so. I love it. Last question for you. What do you think the future of marketing is going to look like? Oh, man. I don't know if I'm qualified to answer it, but I, <laughs> I'll try. You know, I think it's, you know, we've watched it evolve from the telling consumers through ads, like, you know, that real kind of salesy piece to the more social. And I, I just see that moving more and more. You know, if you look at if for people with kids, you see them working, looking on an iPad on YouTube and they know how to click through those ads faster than anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) And with, you know, my kids don't know what a commercial is. They're amazed by it. And I think that shows that we as marketers are going to have to adapt. And I think we are, right? It's the influencers as much as I'm not sure how that's all going to fit. I think they play a role. And when you look at that stuff too, I think it goes back to that word of mouth piece, right? Humans have always wanted to try things or go to places that their friends recommend. And so, you know, just what's the new way of, of sharing what your friends like and expounding upon that? I think that that's where marketing will be. 
That's great. That's great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been a this has been so much fun. Thank you. I wish I could deliver a burger to your house. <laughs> I should have put in that better. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, anytime I get to talk about bacon, I mean it's a great interview. So. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> great. Well, this was a lot of fun. <laughs> thank you. Marketing Today is brought to you by Atomic. Atomic focuses on unleashing the growth potential for clients we serve. Atomic is a strategic consultancy specializing in business, marketing, brand, and innovation. Our singular goal is to help you accelerate your efforts with the right mix of expertise, analysis, and creativity. Check us out at atomic.com. A-T-O-M-C-K.com. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me, with writing and editing by Kevin Greeley, social media support by Megan Woods, art and graphic design by Sarah Dell. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love to hear from listeners, and you can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes with links to anything we talk about on any episode. You can also search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.